Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. The next two hours, um, and this is every Tuesday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we talk about building your brand with a book. And specifically, when we talk about this, we talk about it, these things apply to public speaking. They apply to your blog content. They apply to podcasts and any other kind of content that you are creating that represents who you are and your brand. And so what I want to talk to you today, and then Dre was going to be talking about a totally different topic at five. So we like to introduce a couple different topics for you guys. Um, but what I'm going to be speaking on is the four C's of a me meaningful message and storytelling. Because so often in these rooms, we have touched upon the idea of story, what it means to tell a story, and what type of stories we actually should be sharing um, in our book, on podcasts, and when we're out there from a business perspective. And so, you know, Glennon Doyle, Melton, and Brene Brown, they use these terms when they talk about writing from a scar and not an open wound, or as Brene likes to say, share from your heart, not your hurt. And this is something that I've talked about in this room several times because I think it's so important and it's something that Many of us, including myself, um, often mistaken when it's a scar versus a wound. So a few things to consider um, before we kind of get into the different types of stories you should be sharing in your book is that idea of scar versus wound. And there's a big difference between sharing from a place of perspective and health and sharing where you're still bleeding and suffering. So vulnerability and authenticity are good, but they can be unproductive and potentially damaging when it's overly emotional. So here's a few things you can consider when you're trying to gauge, like, am I through it or do I just think I'm through it? Because sometimes we think we're through something and then we start putting pen to paper and it can get a little messy. So one is, are you ready for the consequences? So many times our stories, they don't just involve ourselves, right? They're not one dimensional. They actually involve other people. And these other people, they could be hurt by our stories. They could be embarrassed. They could be impacted in some sort of negative way. And some of these people are actually indirect participants of our story. So they're not actually key to the story, but they're like, they're our kids, you know, and so that's important to take into consideration. Do I want to share this story if it's going to hurt them? And so something that's really important to do when we're thinking about these types of stories is to have a conversation with those people to help you make a decision. And I've been in rooms where people have, you know, they've raised their hand, they come on stage, and what they're most concerned about is from a legal perspective. And, you know, for me, that's the, the lesser of the considerations, because think about it. If you write a book 
and you don't name the person, but you're talking really negatively about something, in order for them to pursue you legally, they have to raise their hand and say, hey, I'm that, I'm that guy. Like, I'm that jerk. And not a lot of people want to do that, you know, for most of us. Now, if it's like a celebrity and it's a big-time publication, that's a little bit different. But what really is the, the thing I think that needs to be taken into consideration is are there loved ones that are going to be negatively hurt? And having that conversation with them and communicating what you're sharing and why you're sharing it is such an important piece of the process. And it will give you a lot of peace of mind as well. Number two, what is your intention? So is your intention in sharing the story, is it to uplift and help others? Because now you've got this healthy perspective and you feel like you can help somebody else, you know, get through the journey faster, easier, in a better way that you wish you would have had? Or is it to take a jab at someone? Or are you looking for sympathy? Or are you looking to release some of your own pain? And all of these are not, it's not wrong to write these stories, but this is when, you know, we talk about using a journal. Open your journal, record those experiences, not only for your own processing, but if down the road you want to share them, you can reflect back on them, but you can add the gift of time, perspective, a different point of view, your experiences and what you've learned from it. It's such a different story then. And years ago, um, and I've discussed it a few times on here, but I have some chronic health issues. And years ago, when I was going through those, I actually sat and wrote an entire book. And I thought it was super helpful. Like, I thought it was, like, amazing. And I, I sent it off to an editor and this guy in the UK. And he came back and he's like, who are you writing this for? Right? Remember, the reader is looking for what's in it for me. And I'm like, what is he talking about? So I went back and reread it. And it was, I was still suffering. I didn't realize it. <laughs> I thought I'd processed it, but I didn't have the perspective yet. So that book is sitting in a drawer. It won't be published. I would need to rewrite it if I wanted to use it. So think about that. And I know a lot of times we're in the thick of something and it's not always a bad thing either, right? Sometimes our wounds are healthy wounds. We're in the middle of something. But maybe when you're starting a business, for example, isn't the best time to start giving people advice about starting a business. So kind of think about your purpose behind it and when is the best time to share that. Because that journey could be amazing a year from now, but right now it may not be the time. And so I just kind of wanted to cover that before I got into the four types of stories that if you can mix these into your book or your podcast, or your blog posts, or the types of content you share with people, you can create such a massive impact with people because they're not just one type of story. But the first one and the biggest one that we're all aware of is that connection story. So that's where you develop that amazing relationship with your reader, right? So you build rapport and it's through like shared experiences usually and it's a way to humanize yourself to the reader because you can share your failures, your struggles, your hero's journey. And that's why you see some of the most influential business leaders will share when they got fired, when they lost millions of dollars, when they went bankrupt. They'll talk about some of their personal pain and failures. And that is because that is how they connect. And, you know, I always think about this analogy of nobody wants to hear about your Ferrari unless you share your path to get it. Nobody wants your highlight reel. We can't connect with a highlight reel. Oprah can't connect with people because she's got a ton of houses and billions of dollars and she knows presidents and all these things. She can connect with you because she struggled with her weight, because she had a journey as a woman, a black woman to get where she got. She has a family history of dysfunction. That's where we connect with Oprah. And then she's our sister. Like she's our best friend. We know her, we like her and we celebrate the houses. We celebrate her accomplishments. We celebrated when she got her own network because we know how hard she journeyed and worked to get there and how much of her journey and lessons and perspective 
she shared with us so we can learn from her. So to bring this down to a level of like, okay, I'm not Oprah. I'm getting ready to share a story or write a book. What does this look like? So I was trying to think of a story and I was going to make it super impersonal because I'm not that great at sharing my own story. But so I thought I would share a personal story. So when I was 40, a few years ago, um, I was at a gym and I just gotten done working out with a personal trainer and I was packing up my stuff and these two girls walk in and they sit down to have an intake meeting with her. It was her first time going to the gym with her. She's asking them questions and I hear the trainer ask them, well, what are you trying to accomplish? And I hear one of the girls say, I want to look like her. So I look up, look around, like, I want to see who this girl is. And they're pointing at me. So these girls are in their 30s. Now, if I stop my story there, does anybody care? Does anybody like that story? Does anybody particularly like me right now? No, because I didn't tell you how I got there, what that looked like. I didn't tell you that when I was growing up, I was the chubby kid. My stepdad was 6'7", looked like Clint Eastwood. All my friends were in love with him. Mom, bright eyes, the way we described her was pretty. My brother, tall, athletic, fit, good at everything he did. And then there was me. Chubby through middle school, chubby through high school. Then after I had my second kid, who's now 14, a rash of medical issues took over. Couldn't figure out what was going on. I was at Mayo Clinic several times. I had uh, spinal taps things where they electrified my nerves. All this crazy stuff was happening. Hours upon hours, days upon days, getting an iron infusions. I have so much nerve damage in my hand and feet that they will tingle and I will wake up in terrible pain for the rest of my life. And that's just to give you context. And so when I was able to go to the gym, get myself out of bed and work out, and get in the best health that I can get in, when I share that part of the story, you probably feel like a there's a little bit more clapping involved there probably when you hear the struggle and what a huge accomplishment that is for me. And so we humanize ourselves when we talk about the journey to get there. And I was sharing with my husband the other day, I was like, you know, maybe I'll do this whole like share the Kardashian thing. Like how long have they been on the network? Years and years, 20 years, whatever it's been. And people haven't tuned in for 20 years because they got phenomenal hair and unlimited cars and stuff. It's the Lamar Odoms, right? <laughs> it's the Kanye's, it's the breakups, it's the businesses that went out. It's you know, identity things, it's the mental illness, it's all the different pieces that we have pieces of those people or our lives reflected back to us. And we're just watching somebody else go through it, who's probably better dressed than us, but they're going through the same struggle. So keep that in mind on your connection stories. If your connection story, or you think what your connection story is only makes you look amazing, and only makes your life look super easy, like you were born with a Ferrari in your driveway, then that's not a connection piece. That's your LinkedIn profile. That's your highlight reel. So dig deep and find that piece where you can connect with your audience and they will journey with you through whatever you're trying to do. The second type of story is a clarification story. So this is after you built trust and you prove that you know what you're talking about, you can clarify the results your book, your podcast, whatever you're talking about is delivering. It reinforces your promise to the reader. So your rags to riches story, that builds the connection. And then your clarification stories, they come later. So they enhance that expertise you're sharing with your audience. And this could be through a case study, um, a client profile, sharing a client experience, interaction you had, or anything that provides context to the value you're providing. So in my example, if I was writing a book about, for people suffering from chronic illness, chronic pain, then I may want to take a piece of my story and expand it with a story about a therapist I saw or a resource I utilized along, 
my journey. So it's you're digging deeper, you're pulling a piece out of your hero's journey, and now you're providing more clarification. So this is usually when you're talking about a longer piece, like a book, or maybe a blog series, or if you've got a podcast and you're walking, you know, every episode is more that you're talking um, and sharing experiences, this would be further along. So they already have a connection with you. The third type, type of story is a contribution. So contribution, that comes after you've identified your reader's problems or challenges. And this is where you can add value by being so generous with sharing your expertise and offering real solutions. So this is the supporting evidence you use to build the foundation for the solution or transformational experiencing you're promising your reader. So for example, if you had a book about grief and you're sharing about you could be sharing about the real and tangible steps that you took to get through that one year anniversary of the loved one who had passed, right? So you're contributing, you're to your, your reader. You're giving them real tactical advice of things that they can do that you found, either maybe you didn't do it and it's kind of, I wish I would have done it, or it's something you did that really helped. And then the last type of story is a challenge. And these are the stories that challenge and make your reader want to jump into action. It's your victory story. It's your Michelle story, 75 hard, right? Think about the rabbit and the hare. It's a story that teaches, inspires, and then challenges people to run their own race. It's crossing the finish line and inviting your audience to run alongside you. And it's a great place to end your book on. You always want to end a book or end anything experience that you're having with a client or audience with something empowering, aspiring, and that inspires them that they can be a better person or that things are going to look up or change. And so it's really important that we do that and that we challenge them to take the steps. And one of the reasons it's so important, too, is it makes whatever you shared whether it's your methodology, it's your business, it's whatever you're, you're talking about in your book, it makes it sticky, right? Because now you've brought them in. You've asked them to come alongside you and do it as well. And so when you take all these things together, you know, journaling your struggle, your challenge or your pain, and then allowing time, experiences and expertise to give you that perspective, to give you that unique point of view, and then you can package that into a speech, a podcast, a book, and you can add those stories that create connection, clarification, contribution, and challenge, and you can create a movement. You can inspire and empower others to create a massive impact with others because you have now transported your story into something that is a journey that's already been walked and you're giving those tools back to that person that you've just created a relationship with. And when we do that, when you, if somebody can do that in a book, when they get to that last page, they're going to say, what's next? They're going to look you up. They're going to say, I want to keep building this relationship. What else does this person have to offer? Do they have a podcast? They have a website. They have coaching. They have digital course. Whatever that is, they're going to want that because they're going to feel like, you have that relationship, just like we feel like we have a relationship with each other on Clubhouse. Most of us have never met in person. Most of us have never even been on a face-to-face -face Zoom call. But we've heard each other's stories. We've cheered each other on. We've encouraged each other. We've answered questions. We have given updates on people who we haven't seen on the app for a while. Make sure that they're okay. And that's because we're journeying together. And it's a series of connecting conversations and stories. It's contributing to each other. It's challenging each other. We're in a 67-day challenge right now, right? So we are living it right here in this room. So right now, I'm reading this phenomenal book. Um, it's by T.D. Jakes, and it's called Don't Drop the Mic. And for anybody that wants to be a speaker, a storyteller, or anything, it is such a good book. So I think it just came out. It's Don't Drop the Mic. The Power of Your Words Can Change the World. And I actually DM'd him <laughs> to try to see if I can get him to interview him in this room because I know somebody that knows T.D. Jakes. And if you're aware of who he is, he is so amazing. 
but this is a quote I pulled from the book. And he said, my connection to my listeners reflects the intersection of where I've been and where they are going. And that is, to me, that's everything. It's why I only work with people who want to write books that create an impact. It's why I talk about impact on and on and on. It's a legacy. It's the way that we can use what we have learned in our lives, what we have learned at school, what we have learned from jobs and experiences and pain and pleasure. And we can create a massive impact and help others. It's what we do in this room every single day. And, you know, as I sit here, and right now I'm sitting here with those sore hands and that tingling feet, and I feel blessed because I think my story is where I, it's led me to where I'm right now. It's led me to this room. It's led me to my life. It has led me to understanding impact. And so I just think of all the gifts that we can share if we let our wounds heal and become scars. And if you guys were in here the other day when Sarah McCord was talking about grief, that just, that encapsulated everything I'm talking about right there, where she was able to actually move an entire room in less than 30 minutes. If you would have seen the DMs on the back end just from the people on stage and all of the communication and 24 hours later, I was texting her again saying how much it touched me. The fact that when she had her scar, she came in here and she shared with us everything she had learned and what an impact it created on so many people in this room. And that happened in a clubhouse room. It wasn't in a book. It wasn't on a podcast. It wasn't written. She was delivered that in 30 minutes, but within the five, first five to 10 minutes, you could have heard a pin drop. Everyone was mesmerized by that impact that she was able to create. So what I wanted to talk about today is talk about some of these ideas. I want to make sure that this is a very interactive stage. Um, we can have a discussion. We can ask questions. I would love to hear what everybody thinks. Um, also, if you have questions about writing and publishing book, this is building a brand with a book. I am more than happy to answer I have an amazing group of mods here helping me out today that have been part of this community with Dre and Mallory and Aranzasu. So please feel free to unmic um, and let's just start chatting it up. Ooh, I'm excited to jump in, Patricia. Bernita, go ahead. Love to. Oh. I love this, love this. No, thank you for this, uh, all these tips today. Vernita Adele tapping in, and I see Dre has popped into the room as well. I love this list. Um, everything around, are you sharing from your scar versus your wound? Whew, that touched me right in. And as you talked about, what is your intention for your writing piece? So uh, for anyone in the room, um, oh gosh, writing from your scar you know, the first thing, I, of course, I think of is my, uh, I wrote an article in the Daily Beast calling out systemic racism at Town & Country Magazine and the Hearst Corporation at the end of last year. And that was uh, such a process of going from open wound to scar. And the thing about intention you talked about, you know, is it a jab? You know, is it released? It certainly was not a jab. And I thought what was really important that when you have those stories that are, calling attention to some form of injustice. I personally chose to reach out to Celine Valandez, the editor-in-chief of Town & Country, prior to and really creating, I reached out to her to create the opportunity for to collaborate on the article, which could have been very powerful. And uh, while she initially said a resounding yes, uh, she and Town & Country then quickly backpedaled. And so I thought that it would be super important that as I shared my story, as well as the stories of former Black employees of the brand, to, to make sure that the article wrapped up with call to actions. So my intention uh, really never changed. It just was the way that the article was written, um, you know, basically written from my perspective 
versus in collaboration with the brand um, committing the injustice. But the at the end of the day, the intention was to have a call to action, not just for town and country, but to write it in a way that it could be applicable to brands across the spectrum, whether that's across media, fashion, other corporate spaces in this work to achieve racial equity and how they can hold themselves accountable and take, uh, take action. Last thing I would say, um, I love these four C's. Uh, the uh, connection, the clarification, contribution, and challenge. Uh, I think that's super important for us to realize that whatever our story is, it is being, it is going to make an impact on someone else. Um, that's that's almost a given. Whether it impacts one person or it impacts a million, uh, it's really up to you in terms of how you want, which your uh, vision is for that work. Uh, so I just really. really love this. Um, I'm excited for the book writing process ahead. And thank you, Patricia. Again, knocked it out of the park this afternoon. Vernita done speaking for the moment. Thank you, Vernita. And you brought up an interesting point that um, I kind of want to draw out there is, you know, oftentimes we create something, um, story, or we deliver a keynote. Um, Rachel Delgado actually was talking about this earlier today about how she wrote the book. Um, because relatable she wrote it because not everybody could pay thousands of dollars to hear a keynote and so she put it into a book and and now glenn bought the, apparently the last two copies on amazon luckily i had already pre-ordered my copy so mine came today but um and i think it's interesting is sometimes we create something a story and it's not always our story it's telling sharing somebody else's story right we highlight somebody else or we bring attention to something that we're passionate about that's important. And then we just kind of release it out into the wild and we let it go, right? And one of the things, you know, I mean, come on guys, you know, we are attacked in all directions with Instagram posts, Facebook, LinkedIn, family, clubhouse, news, all this type of stuff is, we gotta remember, nobody's paying attention to us 100% of the time, right? And often, this is the third time I've talked about scar versus wound in this room. Third time. I've only talked like four times, right? But it's important. It's sticky. And we need to remember that we need to be sharing and resharing and repurposing and coming at these important things that we create from different angles, we need to be pulling pieces from it because if we feel like we have a story that has been a wound, then is scarred over, then we had perspective, then we added our experiences, then we made all these connections to help somebody else, and we just post about it once and walk away, mic drop it, we're not creating that impact. The impact and our mission needs to be steadfast. It needs to be talked about at all times. Glenn Lundy talks about his mission for this club and Rise and Grind, his mission more than once a day. And that's why it's a mission, right? And so I love that you had calls to action. I love that you continually talk about these really important things that you've done, Bernita, because not everybody caught you on the first go around. And um, I think it's really important to us as creators and also as the people we're trying to impact that we make sure that we give people an opportunity to see it or to learn from it or to use it. So I really appreciate you brought that up. And I love the calls to action as well, because like I said, we're distracted. And I was talking to somebody today um, you know, Mike Searock is doing this new platform, these blueprints, and he was giving me statistics about these people who buy courses. It's kind of like books. We buy them, we consume them. We are a lot of times immersed and impacted and love them. And we tell our spouse about it. We're talking about, oh, you know, Brendan Bouchard's book's amazing. And this book's amazing. I love this. And then we finish the book. And two days later, we're reading something different, right? <laughs> we haven't... <laughs> We haven't let it like absorb. And that's why we love Brene Brown because she sticks to the same messages over and over and over again to they become a part of the fabric of who we are. So thank you so much for that comment, um, Bernita, as always, appreciate it. 
No, absolutely, Patricia. I think the one quick thing you're just reminding me, you talked about legal action and naming names, which I definitely did <laughs> uh, in my article, which can be found in the link tree on my Instagram page. But uh, I will say there was an extensive legal review you know definitely went through all of the uh daily beast uh legal team and um i just ensured that every single thing that i put in that article was 100 percent true and uh, i could back it up vernita done speaking yeah and i would definitely say like <laughs> we've we've said this um dre and i had this room since january um under the write your high impact book club and you know especially in the beginning, we had a lot of questions around the legal situation. We were always like, uh, we're not attorneys, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and particularly what you were doing, you definitely needed to have that, that checked and stuff. And particularly when you're putting into some kind of like publication, national publication stuff, you know, it's really important to make sure that you have your, your legal advisors, you know, on call or ready um, to look at that kind of stuff. So that's a great point. Um, and I think we brought up a couple people. Um, Dr. Claudine, did you have a question or comment today? Yes, yes, yes. Oh my goodness, it's like you just read my mind. Yes. Oh, I loved your 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 your, your speech from the beginning. I was sleeping on a couch, and then your voice waking me up to tell you how amazing you are. And then I ran to go to pick up the <laughs> notebooks to write down it, that, those type of. Uh, Storytelling, uh, wow. I am on category four, I believe I love to tell my story to contribute. Thank you, thank you. And then I didn't know any, something you shared about Oprah Winfrey. I, I, oh wow, amazing. So my question to you is, how do I tell my story from uh, uh, the scar? The scar? Because I, I survived genocide in Rwanda, I went through trauma, wound, and I managed it to, because I refused to be a victim, I chose to be victorious after surviving genocide when I was a teenager. So I managed to, to pass to the path of, of a victorious mindset, which is a completely opposite to the mindset of victimhood. So now my challenge is to go through my wound to share my, my story from the sky, which, from the, the pen, which is a completely ridiculous, a whole and then sometimes I scare that maybe people may not understand it. How do you manage to tell your story from the pen and then also you protect yourself? Because obviously every time I share my story, I go through hell and then I have to recover again. It's taking me a few days to come back again to my joyful, uh, my joy I always have. So how do you manage to do that? Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. God bless yeah thank you so much um and i'll answer that and then i would love actually to for mallory to if you're available to pipe in on this as well um because mallory does this really well and she's got a podcast is that there is there is going to be a part of that um it, it's close to impossible to have lived through something um that's caused a wound and for it not to kick up some dust when you go to share that or particularly if you're doing in a long form content where you're going to get into some details, that's, that's impossible. But the way I equate it kind of is like, so if you got, and I'm not trying to min, this is just the easiest way I can think to explain this is if you got shot in the leg and you were laying on the ground bleeding and a police officer, and you're in pain, and you know you're bleeding out. And a police officer comes up and wants to start asking you all these questions: What happened? What do you think happened? Why did this happen? Blah blah blah. It's a really hard time to answer that question, right? But when you're in the hospital room later, you're still going to be in pain, but your pain has been wrapped up. You've been treated by a doctor. You know that you're going to be okay. If a police officer then comes in and asks you to share that story, you're going to be able to offer some perspective and think and, and concentrate on what he's actually asking and not be so focused on the wound. So it's not that when it's a scar, it doesn't hurt. You know, there are certain things that, you know, that have happened to all of us that anytime it comes up, it's going to hurt. 
And um, and that's why I was referring to Sarah the other day when she talks about grief came from a personal experience. But she has figured out and, you know, like most of us, when we lose somebody, you figure out a way to cope. You learn to figure out how to appreciate certain things, to have gratitude, to look back on things in a different way. And I can tell by just looking at your profile and listening to you talking that you have done those things and you have learned something from that. And it's also, it's not always when we sh that when it's a scar that that means that we're justifying anything or that it minimizes the pain or the problem or anything about it. It just means that now we can communicate about it from a further distance, lessons learned, you know, how you coped with it. So you're not always removing the pain from the situation. You're actually focusing on how somebody else who experiences something terrible, how they can maybe push through something. And, you know, sometimes when, if, if we're so moved to write about something, or do a documentary or talk about something that is going to kick something up for us, but we still want to push through that. I think that's a good time to have, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a family member or a trusted friend, you know, that you can call upon while you're going through that experience to kind of help you through that, you know, so you don't get kind of pulled back into, you know, those old feelings and, and, you know, some of maybe some of the dysfunction or things that you don't want to get pulled back into. But I'd like to pass it over to Mallory because, um, you know, this is something that, that she has gone through and, and she's in the middle of creating an amazing podcast about her life story. So Mallory, would you like to add on to what I've been talking about? Sure. Thank you, Patricia. This is Mallory. Um, so when I heard the question, I thought, well, you're sharing it here and you sound as if you're sharing it from a place of a scar and not a wound. And then I thought, well, is she asking about how, meaning once upon a time to the end, or how do you not relive the pain? And it could be both of those things. Avoiding the pain is something that I don't think you can do or should do, because it's the pain that you well, for myself, I want to um, not necessarily go through again, but I want to be able to come from a place of authenticity. And if I share it as if it's la-di-da, you know, and I'm going to just share it right here, I had an addiction, um, a very powerful one for a very long time, and it blew my life apart. And um, if I don't relive the pain of that, you know, then I'm... Um, simplifying it. And I, and I don't want to simplify addiction because it's not something that um, can be simplified. So when we talk about reliving the pain, if I talk about the death of my father as a seven-year-old girl, um, you know, I am going to have a tear, but it's, I'm clearly, you know, not seven, I'm 58 and I can still cry about it but I'm not so raw about it. Just like I'm not so raw about the uh, addiction. And the problem that I had was how much is too much to share when Patricia talked about protecting others because there are clearly other people who have been impacted, severely impacted by my addiction and by my story but when I spoke from the place of this is what happened to me, and I asked Stacy Danford, who's on Clubhouse, about sharing from a scar and um, not a wound, and how about my kids who are adults at this point? She said, Well, they are adults and they're more than welcome to tell their story. And she's right, they can share their story if they want. I also recognize that I don't point fingers and assign blame in anything that I talk about in this podcast. I own it all, every last bit of it. I 
take full responsibility for all of it. I don't even blame the doctors who prescribed all that medication because I think it's an important part of recognizing that every decision that I made impacted one more. So how you do it will take a little bit of, a lot of thought and, and, and quite a bit of organization because you do want it to have a certain flow. There are going to be people who are going to want to hear this story because they themselves may have gone through that, you know, as well. And, and you want to relate to them in some way in, in, in a context of that. But when it comes to the other people who are involved, um, I mean, you can Google search and look at my family. I hope nobody would ever harass my family, but I can't control it because I can no longer live in this this vortex of fear and and uh, lies about everything because I I have been through it. I and not only have I been through it, I've come out the other end to tell about it. And I felt and it's not like there was this long you know, lifelong passion and dream to share my very private and personal story, never. But I talk about everything in topics, you know, from addiction and marriage and, and guilt and choice and all of the things. And I somehow managed to wrap my brain around doing this in writing it and recording it and editing it. And every time I wrote another episode, it was like this weight had been lifted off of my shoulders because I threw it out into the universe and got to see where it would land. And I don't know where that is. And I talk about that in the podcast. And I, I obviously care a lot. But the reason that I, I, I really decided to do this was because if I can help one person, not either go down the path that I went to. And it's the, the podcast is called Don't Lose Your Balance. So I would say, if I can help one person not lose their balance, if I, I hit one 25-year-old who's going to go down a dark road or is at a crossroads, and they hear this story, maybe, just maybe, they can make better decisions because of the consequences of action. And when you share a story as painful as it is. And yes, you don't want to relive it. But if you're on the other side of it, then you can compose your thoughts far more clearly than if you were in the middle of it. You know, I didn't, I didn't go through my journals. I didn't have any journals. I tossed them all back when I was going through all of this in my, you know, 40s. And I just threw them out. And I had to come from a place of healing and my memories. And, you know, my parents listened to it. They did not think it was, they thought it was professionally done and they were, they were proud of me. And that says everything because they lived it with me. So I don't know if that helps. I hope that helps. But when I heard you speak of it, I absolutely felt that when you were sharing what you were sharing, you were sharing it from a place of a scar and not a wound. So you are ready. Now it's just a matter of figuring out how to put pen to paper and get it out there. So this is Mallory and I am done speaking. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you. Did that help you, Dr. Claudine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it helps. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your sharing, both sharing. I, I love to share my story when it's about helping somebody because I also created a charity to help all friends. So I love to share my story to give people the idea for how survivors of genocide, they are suffering, they need their help. And then also I love to share my story when I know that I'm helping other people. That, that, that's why I, I uh, that's why that's the reason why which, uh, push me to share my story in terms of going through want that it's a huge challenge because it's too painful thank you i will i will sign up for mallory's podcast maybe i can learn more i can follow up with her i can learn more for how she's telling her story and then maybe because the success leave clue maybe i will start to use a strategy to share little by little uh, to open up a little by little my wound my wound because it's not easy 
it's not easy. 2007, I get uh, um, offer to write my book to share how my mom was killed in a refugee camp, but I could not share. It's it's painful. It's even to this point, it's not easy for me to share in details how my mom was killed. So I passed that offer because I could not uh, talk about how my mom was killed because it's too painful. I can share something else. I can tell people I survived the genocide. My parents were killed. My grandpa. That one I can I can talk about it. Lesson learned, like Patricia, you were saying, lesson learned. I can share that. When I, how can I help other people go through whatever pain they go through? Individuals, I can share, but in the public, is not easy until today. It's so painful. Thank you. I appreciate you. God bless. Thank you so much, Dr. Claudine. And I'm not sure who was up next. Flash your mic if you wanted to speak. I believe there's some new people appear on the stage. Olivia uh, or Manuela, I think you guys came uh, up most recently. Olivia? Yeah, hi, hello. Hi, did you have a comment or question? Uh, so this is my first time, I don't know, I can share my experience or I can tell you a little bit about myself, maybe. Well, what we're talking about is stories and the types of stories to share in your book. And so we're just taking questions or comments around that. Um, did you have a story or a question you wanted to ask? Uh, I think that I can share some stories. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Um, okay. Um, I used to work as a teacher in different countries, in, and I used to travel a lot in Asia. Um, I like volunteering. I like uh, to help people as well. I taught uh, migrants uh, for free, and also I did a lot of things. Like I help sometimes, but I normally don't talk, but sometimes. And as for me, I just... Um, so normally, if I understand uh, about this group is about growth and branding, yeah. So as for me, I just I grow every time as I like healthy lifestyle. I don't eat meat. I'm vegetarian. I jog. Uh, two days ago, I, the first time in my life, I had awful experience. I don't want to share here because I think that's positive group, but it happens so that I don't know how to explain because I always read positive groups and I always positive with my students and everything. But this time the people I help always uh, kids, migrants. And I get negative attention from migrant adults. I mean, I think you're cutting out a little bit there, Olivia. <laughs> okay, sorry. sorry. Yeah, you sound a little yeah. computerized there, but thank you so much for joining us. Um, welcome to the Breakfast of Champions room. If you have not been here before, um, I am gonna go ahead and reset the room. So you're in the Breakfast of Champions room, which is the Million Air Breakfast Club. If you are not a member, you can click on that little greenhouse at the top and join. We are not only on Clubhouse, we have Breakfast of Champions podcast and Breakfast of Champions pages on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And so we want to be wherever you are, so please find us there. You can also go to breakfastwithchampions.live, and we have the links for the podcast and the 67-day challenge. And also the event that we are hosting in Lexington, Kentucky from November to 7th. This is the Grow Your Business for God's Sake conference where Glenn Lundy is going to be celebrating his 1,000th episode of the hashtag Rise and Grind show. And it's also going to feature so many great speakers. You're going to have Tamara there, Glenn, Sarah McCord, and many of your favorite Breakfast of Champions people along with other business leaders to learn and grow together. So you can visit the website. You can also click on Glenn's picture here and you can go over to his Instagram account and get some information there as well. Also, please follow these amazing moderators. If you are new to Clubhouse, 
the people and the rooms that you see in your hallway are determined by the people that you're following on Clubhouse. So make sure that you are following the people that will motivate you to learn and grow within this app. So we have just a few more minutes before I pass it over to Dre. If anybody else would like to share or ask a question about using stories in your books or podcasts, we are happy to answer. Or if you just want to contribute about how you have used story within your business, that would be great as well. Just go ahead and flash your mic. Patricia, I was looking, I was like, I hear a mic flashing, but I wasn't sure where. I was just scrolling and scrolling. Hi, Patricia. How are Hi, you? Hi, how are you? I DM'd you the question just in case I wasn't able to uh, ask it personally. Uh, thank you. So, you know, um, this is might be a, a, a silly question, but I'm just, this is what's on my heart is uh, time start and and how and do you have like a preference i'm just curious like i know there's so many styles right uh but let's say uh you know like i've just recently finished uh, the humble alpha and he starts from uh being you know on the on the front lines and it really like whoa brings you right in but also um you know when you're when you're in a good place in the present um it's kind of fun to start there so uh anything on that on that topic on timeline and uh, i'm all ears and thank you so much i appreciate everything yeah, great. So um, you cut out just in the beginning, or it could have been on my end very easily. Are you talking about if you're writing a book or yes. just a story in general? No, a book, a book, a book. Okay. Sorry, I, didn't, I wasn't clear on that, a book. So um, here's the thing on the, uh, when you're writing nonfiction, and literally, I think I was telling somebody today, I think 90 I do one-on-one coaching a lot of it and 90% of the people that I've worked with over the years have gotten this wrong where you open the book and the first thing they do is sort of justify their reason as to why it's okay that they're writing the book. So it's either a LinkedIn profile awards dump. I've accomplished this. I've done this. I've worked with so many people helping them grow their business to X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah or they jump right into their story. Here's the thing, they've already, when it comes to dumping your accomplishments in the front of the book, you gotta remember, they've already bought the book. Unless they're at Barnes and Noble and they're flipping through books, which most people don't do anymore, they're buying them on Amazon, they've already made the purchase. So you don't have to sell yourself, something you did already sold you. The other thing is, is when we buy books, unless we're buying one on Michelle Obama or, you know, Elon Musk or somebody famous. Um, typically, we're buying the book because we want to solve a personal problem challenge that we have, or we want to learn to think about something differently. So it's me, 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 me when I write, when I buy a book. They are not vested in you enough yet to necessarily care to hear your entire story at that moment. Now, that's not always the case. So if you are a hostage negotiator who's written a business book using hostage negotiation skills and how you can, that converts to the boardroom, for example, starting the book with some terrifying situation will have your reader on the edge of the seat. Most of us don't have that story. Most of us don't. And a lot of times that story is not really their story. It's they were there. It's a story. It's not necessarily their life story. So you got to be really careful about where you put your story in. For most people, it's really best to focus on reinforcing why they bought the book, what the book is going to deliver, and in very quick terms, and I'm talking two to three sentences, why you're the person to solve that problem. As they journey through the book, they will naturally want to know more about you because they will start caring about you. And like I said, this isn't always the circumstance, but it's typically kind of how it rolls. And so if you pull open, say, a Brendan Burchard book or um, Tony Robbins book, Brendan Burchard will give you a very quick like he was in a life-changing car accident when he was younger 
and he almost died and it made him look around and say, you know, is, is this the life I want to have kind of thing? It's, it's like three sentences. That's not his whole story. You'll find out his whole story later when you care. Tony Robbins will talk about being poor and opening the apartment door and somebody being there to bring him a meal and how that impacted him and why now his mission is to give back millions and millions of meals. But it's quick. It is. He is in and out two to three sentences. And those are public figures. So I think oftentimes it's we do one or two things. We, we throw a sizzle reel. Now, the exception to this that can work really well is write your entire book, like in the way I said. The intro is for your reader, right? It's you're reinforcing. You, you made a good decision by buying this book. And then you write the rest of the book and you weave your stories through there as you're pulling out the important things to the reader. Now, remember, the most sexy stories of our life aren't always going to make the cut. I hate to tell you that. I've had to cut some stories. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's a really good story or wow, that was such a painful experience. But it really doesn't serve anything to the reader, which is why Brene Brown in the very front of one of her books, the very first personal story she chooses to share, which I think is two or three chapters in, she's swimming across the lake with her husband. They get into this minuscule argument. Not the greatest story of her life, not the biggest thing that's ever happened to her. But when you're reading that, every single person that's ever been in a relationship with anyone is nodding their head going, yep, I've been there. It's more impactful than that private plane ride she may have taken to go sit with Oprah. So there's that. Okay, so I got a little off track there. But like, so intro about your reader. Stories where you're pulling stuff out that makes sense through the book. Then when you're done, if you want, which I just did with my own book, I wrote a preface and it shared a piece of my personal story, which is something, I mean, that was kind of a crappy experience that actually led me to do what I do, which is help people write high impact books. But I didn't write it till later. I wanted to make sure the entire book was written with integrity for the reader that it was all about them and then later I was like you know what if I write my story in three pages will this positively impact the reader or is it just for me so I wrote it up I put it in there and that's when I made the decision I and I said to my editor too it can stay it can go I've written the book for the reader I know that without a doubt I plugged this in the front end does it help you or does it not? You know, and I'll take votes on that. But that's a way to trick yourself to make sure you're not writing the book to embellish yourself. It's really hard to do. I mean, it sounds like it's easy. It's hard to do. We want to share those stories so bad. So um, it is such a great question, um, Patricia. And, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, remember, books that you own that you love are the best template for choosing how to write your own book. Find the books you love, the flow, the people that, that connects with you and create a template. The greatest thing about nonfiction in the world is that every chapter is the exact same. The intro and the conclusion are different. The rest of the chapters are exactly the same. If you start chapter two, three, and four with a story, you're going to start four, five, and six with the story. If you end your chapters with reflective questions, they're all going to end that way. So find a format that you like and then just copy that template. Write out how they do it. They do story. They do key points. They do a case study. They do a, you know, a teaching moment. And they end with a couple questions to the reader. But find the flow that works for you and that makes sense for your audience. I hope that helps. Um, also, I just wanted to say that, thank you so much, Patricia. I have never had somebody do the send money feature on Clubhouse. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, also, for everyone, and this is Patricia too, I have a free thing. It's in my Instagram bio, and it is a free guide. It's like 20 or 25 pages or something. It's the top 10 mistakes people make when they write 
publish or launch their book. It are, they are things that I have picked up working with. I've, I've traditionally published my first 13 books. I've got the 14th book out self-published. I've got another book with a editor and there are things that I find like I find are a gap between traditional and self-published authors that their book will be able to line up at Barnes and Noble and nobody will know the difference. And those, those are the things that I thought was really missing in this industry. It's a free guide. It's in the, in my um, Instagram bio that you can grab. It's really good. Even if you've already written your book, if you feel like you didn't sell as many as you wanted to, there's a lot of launch and marketing strategies as well. So I appreciate everybody so much for being here today. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.